0: Hey y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha, and this is Serial Holic Sisters. True crime shit. Hey, hey. So, so I am going to start by apologizing, but my microphone is being a bitch. I'm just gonna say it. It's being a bitch. So <laughs> if I seem echoey at all tonight, it's because I'm using the microphone from my laptop. I think I- it's
1: it sounds fine. It sounds a lot better than before. Like, we we tried for just, like, a couple minutes a minute ago, and, like, it was bad.
0: I always, yeah, we always tried to, when we, we, we decided that recording from Zoom has been easier for us, and when we log on, we always um, chit-chat for a second, and it was just going in and out and kept hurting her ears, so (laughs) I just decided to unplug. We'll go for it. And I appreciate my ear holes appreciate that. Your ear holes appreciate that. <laughs> so we were kind of we were kind of talking about um, our plans for October. Cause pre-October
1: is almost over, y'all. It's almost October's
0: almost over. It's
1: almost actual October.
0: Spook yeah. spook. So when um, so I've done this like every year, but this year I'm switching it up. And Crystal's going to do this with me, and we're going to try to Zoom meeting each other and watch basically spooky thriller slasher movies every day in October. (laughs) Every single day. I do it every year, but this year, Crystal's going to do it. So we both racked our heads together and picked the best movies that we thought we wanted to watch this year like we we sat this for like
1: hours we sat for like hours and made like a yeah. list a day by day list for all of october <laughs> we started this list actually we started this list over a month ago we did yeah we've been working on it for a while um and there's a ton of movies that we still didn't even fit on the list that we're just going to have to save for next
0: year yeah we can't we can't there's too many years. good movies yeah cuz we're already doubling up on some weekends so. we are
1: we are and apparently our families are just gonna like miss us yeah pretty
0: much they'll be fine it is what it is i
1: mean but, they can join us if they want but
0: i mean i don't
1: they have to just like be quiet because i'm watching the movie
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're gonna be yelling jemison <laughs> <laughs> so anyways. yeah anyways there's there's as
1: far as i know we don't have any messed it up minute from last week so whoop, whoop.
0: Whoop, whoop. no messed it up minutes samantha didn't fuck shit up <laughs> Neither should I. As far as we know,
1: somebody will probably email us and tell us otherwise. Are bad. Are <laughs> bad. Are bad.
0: But yeah. Okay. So this week is my week,
1: Samantha. and
0: it's a pretty big case. You're gonna know exactly who it is when I'm I say excited. what I'm gonna oh. say.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm excited.
0: Because um, if you don't, then you clearly don't know your true crime shit. But oh, that's good. Okay. God, there's pressure. There's pressure. That's okay though. That's okay if you don't know your true crime shit, because we're here to help
1: you. We're gonna learn (laughs) you a thing or two.
0: (laughs) So I am doing mine over a six foot nine (gasps) beast. I know who it is. I think. I think.
1: I'm I'm like. I'm gonna say I know who it is and then be wrong.
0: No, you know who it is. I mean, who? what, What serial killers out there do you know that's six foot nine? The co ed killer, yes. <laughs> yes, I knew it. I passed the test. You passed the test, so <laughs> this is a good one. I'm excited. I this, and this is gonna sound so ridiculously morbid, but oh god, this is my absolute favorite serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> that's not and morbid, I don't mean, that's not I don't I mean, mean that, yeah, I don't mean that in the, like the most, just dis- like I mean that in the most intriguing right like everybody's got every
1: every true crime fan has like a, a favorite like somebody that interests them the most like that's this not,
0: guy this guy is he's something let's just say that he
1: definitely is something I like this one and I hope you tell like I hope you tell me new things when you say things I'm
0: probably gonna be like oh yes also this yes you will it's he's a very well-known one so if you guessed Edmund Kemper I did well, Edmund <laughs> Emile Kemper III. Then you're correct. <laughs> the third. <laughs> the third. So <laughs> fancy. He, um, he lived a childhood like a lot of our stereotypical serial killers out there. It okay, so wild.
1: so like a fucked up childhood. Got it.
0: It was very fucked up. <laughs> um, his parents were Clarnell and E.E. E. Kemper Jr. Like, what does the EE stand for, though? EE. I, I don't know. EE. <laughs> well, you know. You, everybody knows
1: an EE in their lives, you know.
0: E-E. Um, <laughs> EE. They they had a pretty rough marriage. Okay. Um, You know, argumentative, didn't get along. Kids were a big deal. So they ended up separating when Ed was nine. Okay. When he okay. was nine? Um, nine. Yeah. When he was nine years old. Um, That's sad. and then they waited, which is so awkward to me. It's really weird. Um, they waited four more years before they actually ended up divorcing, Oh. which is odd because you know, uh, why drag it out that long? That's <laughs> a long ass separation.
1: That's a long ass
0: separation. Like, I feel like if like- you know
1: that you're not going to work out, you know, and you don't wait that long i mean a year i understand before i don't <laughs> right like i feel like sometimes people separate and they're like oh you know we might like separate and try to work it out and see how it goes but like after a year i'd be like this is clearly not working like
0: yeah so it was like super upsetting for ed because you know as most boys when you're growing up especially at that age he's an adolescent <laughs> Whoa. So, wow. you in say? this case, he like pined for his father.
1: Oh yeah, I mean yeah, he definitely needed a male role model for sure.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Because if I if I remember right, I feel like he had like super major mommy issues.
0: He had bad mommy issues, and I'll tell you why. Like we'll get into that. It's yeah. It's, it's actually kind of you kind of feel bad for him. Um, I often do know. that
1: with young. Child serial killers.
0: Yeah, it's but this one was like really fucked up. Yeah. So they moved to Helena, Montana. Okay. And his mother and his sisters actually belittled him. So like <sighs> Fucking bitches. they were mean, they were very verbally abusive. Um, his mother was actually physically abusive. That's so and sad. Basically, it was just like a very depressing childhood. So when he got older, they banished him to the basement. Oh.
1: So because, I'm picturing Cinderella's evil stepsisters as his sisters.
0: Right? And that's kind of how it is. And this is the reasoning as to why he was banished to the basement. So he, he was a very large Well, young yeah, boy. he was like 6'9
1: when it was like,
0: <laughs> so well, he was like So I'm 6'9 when he was caught, but um He was a very large boy growing up. So his mother banished him to the basement because they considered his was actually afraid that he would sexually abuse them. Whoa. Repeat that sentence. Okay. (laughs) It like,
1: I don't know if it went out for the listeners, but in my ear, like it went out like a lot.
0: Oh, okay. I said, um, They, they actually banished him to the basement, like his mom banished him to the basement, um, because his, his size was so large and it was like, it was, I don't, I don't know. Where like overwhelmed kind of. I don't know. Anyways, it, his size was pretty overwhelming, okay? So she banishes him to the basement because considering sharing a room with his sister for:
1: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the.: Must not take yourself too seriously, and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, "Hey.") <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
0: Um, so yeah, he was large, like I just said, and um, in fact, because he was so large, um, it was very overwhelming for his mom and his sisters because basically they they stated that considering him sharing a room with his sisters was super inappropriate so they banished him to the basement because she was afraid he was going to sexually abuse the girls okay here's my problem with that yes i can understand
1: a kid that's like grows a lot bigger than he should for his age for it to be like okay like he he should know this because he's this big. But then in your head you have to be like, well, he's only this old. Like, he doesn't know that stuff, uh, right? Like that's so, really sad.
0: It is. It's super sad. Like, what? And happened? it's not his fault that he's like really huge compared to other kids his age. So here's Ed. He, like he's he's increased in size. It's very disconcerting for them. He's now a preteen and he, he's not allowed to sleep in a regular room because his mother thinks he's too big and that he's going to touch his sisters that's like, so freaking sad i'm sitting here thinking how unloved the, does this little boy feel you know it's it's just so it's heartbreaking that's, that's really sad time, like what he, he it, he's still fucked up though. He's he is still so fucked
1: up, but he, he, did, he didn't understand what was going on. Like I literally at my work that I worked, I had a patient that he was four years old and he literally looked like a nine, 10 year old. He was so giant. And so I could totally understand like him acting like a four-year-old and people be like, well, that boy knows better than acting like that. But he didn't. Cause he was only actually four.
0: Well, I mean, look at my, my oldest son. He's I mean, he's an adolescent, he's 11. My oldest is 11 years old and he's as tall as me. And I'm five, two. I
1: was going to say, well, you're kind of short,
0: <laughs> but, but yeah, 11 year old being five, two. I mean, his dad is six, right. two, so I mean, he's got a really tall dad. Um, but it's just, it just, it's so sad thinking about what he had to go through. Um, and his mother just constantly reminded him of how large he was and how he was just, too much basically for the family so between being bullied by his mother and his sisters he did what most kids would do and started acting out
1: right um
0: and his acting out was really fucked up though so like this goes back to so many of our um frequent serial killer stories that we've we've already covered like Ed Gein um you know there's there's several out there just it's so it makes you feel so bad but then hearing what they do they still know better right and this guy definitely knew better because he was like a genius yes he his iq was freaking high
1: as hell like he absolutely knew better yes so
0: um So yeah. Um <laughs> lose your voice for a second. <laughs> I did. I was I was reading and then I was like where did I go? Okay, so not that his parents didn't try, but his parents were much more engaged in his upbringing and well-being than most parents were. Which when I say that they were most engaged, I mean they were very abusive. Oh, that that and, is not
1: what I would think engaged means.
0: So that's what I mean by he was they were more engaged than most parents were. Like they basically were on his ass about everything. So Edmund was pretty difficult. And it was really weird because he was, since he was just so socially awkward, he was afraid of being physically hurt by other boys because of being picked on at school. So he was actually unable to sustain friendships with his peers. And, uh, uh, making him super socially
1: awkward yeah because he was the size of like freaking middle schoolers when he was in elementary school
0: yeah and so because of this he was like unable to put back past the pain of like his parents divorcing um everybody picking on him treating him like crap um he was a lot smarter than in fact when I say a lot smarter he was 100% smarter than all the kids in his grade. Like, yes, crazy Um, smart. He started torturing and killing animals. And then he started entertaining fantasies, which actually combined, like, sexual and violence, all at a very early age. So when doing this, it made it that much harder on him with his parents, like, even divorced, His dad wasn't around anymore. His mom just made it unbearable for him. And the more trouble he got into outside of school and outside of the house, the more trouble he got into at home. Yeah. So his mom found him to be like pretty relentless and unmanageable. So she ended up finally sending him to Los Angeles, which was his own request, by the way, um, to live with his father and his stepmother. So when he went to his, his father's and stepmother's house, their reaction to him started to be the same as his mother's. Aww. It was, it was sad. His strangeness was like super threatening to them. It was because he was just super smart. Like they didn't know how to treat him as a child because he they was were the dumb. No. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, he was smarter than them, and they didn't know how to deal with that, basically.
0: He was was 100% smarter than them.
1: They were just like, oh, you're just like a big, giant freak, basically.
0: Yes. So, basically, what happened was, um, because of how threatening he seemed, he wasn't at the time, but he was very, he seemed to be threatening to them. They um, had to do something with him. Because they were frightened, they sent him away. I she mean, eventually at them. the
1: point, eventually after being told over and over that, oh, you're threatening, oh, you're like this big, scary, threatening thing, well, yeah, eventually, you, eventually you would just be like, okay, well, this is what I need to be because that's what everybody says I am.
0: Exactly. And it's, to me, in this, in this particular case, which granted he knows better, he's very smart, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they practically molded him to be the way he is. Exactly. Yes. Um, so his dad ended up sending him away to his uh, paternal grandparents' house, Maud and Edmund Kemper, Sr.
1: Um, and he, he loved his grandpa. I remember that.
0: He loved his grandpa. It was so, this, this is what's really fucked up and sad. Um, yeah. He loved his grandpa. They lived at a, they had a 17 acre farm in Northport, California. He was brought there during, like, Christmas holidays and stuff like that, so he really, really, really loved his, like, his grandparents' house. He loved going, did you hear my daughter? Hear her, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, The boys are, they're home from football practice, guys, so. And, she, it's, and it's she's real, excited about it. <laughs> it's it's going to be a little loud downstairs. I'm upstairs, so. It's all um, Anywho. So he was not, he wasn't pleased to be left at the farm with his grandparents when the holidays had ended. He enjoyed being there, but he didn't want to be there full time. And, and I'll tell you why.
1: I feel like I know it's, why, but you tell me why.
0: It's because his grandmother was just like his mother and just like his father.
1: That's what I was going to say. His his grandmother was just like his mom, particularly. She like-
0: horrible. She was horrible to him. So he started school there anyways. And... He didn't make any progress there either. His, um, the teachers there said that he was, like, super quiet. Like, he caused no trouble. He made good grades. Um, and he didn't draw any attention to himself, besides the fact that he was super large.
1: (laughs) Right. Like, (laughs) he didn't do anything to draw attention to himself. He just, like, noticed him because he's like, freaking massive.
0: Yes. But then, when he would go home, his grandparents... Like the situation there was super tense. Um, like his was, grandma
1: would like belittle him and like talk down to him and make him feel like shit. Yeah, basically, he
0: never. It wasn't like physically abusive with his grandmother, but it was right. Just, it was it was bearable, but it's not something that you want to come home to.
1: It was like verbally and emotionally abusive.
0: Yeah. So he kept busy and he stayed out of the way with his dog there, and he also had a twenty-two rifle that was given to him by his grandpa so he would shoot like rabbits and gophers and birds and stuff but it wasn't like he was being super aggressive there right he was just but using his gun that his
1: grandpa gave him to go like hunting small game
0: yeah but then it started to get a little worse so oh no evidently um he contained a lot of his aggression
1: I, i can understand why he has aggression at this point i'm just saying
0: yeah, he he ended up containing it but in the end like started overkilling animals.
1: <laughs> like in this so, uh, in this situation I absolutely believe the nurture versus nature like he was totally molded into what he becomes, I feel like.
0: Yeah. So then after the school year, this is this is really fucked up too. So like after the school year, he returned to his mother and sister's house to spend the summer. But Within two weeks, his mother couldn't deal with him, and he was back at the farm. Couldn't deal with him. What was he doing that she couldn't deal with? I, he just apparently was just too overwhelming for her. He was just
1: walking around all massive and shit. She was like, "No, yeah."
0: So upon his return, Maude, um, his grandmother, commented that he had regressed, um, and he had seemed more
1: <laughs> the the genius has regressed.
0: Yeah. Right? <laughs> okay. Okay. And now that he wasn't in school, like, he was very much on the farm now. Right. So, Edmund found that his grandma and his grand, like, his grandmother would be nagging, and his grandfather was um, uh, like, he was a bore. So, his violent fantasies started to return, but this time, they starred Maude. That's not good. Yeah. So, he imagined her in the outhouse as he shot it full of holes Um, and these are i mean these are words coming straight from him he imagined right right that's one thing about
1: that's one thing about him he has done a ton of he loves to talk so he's done a ton of like interviews he loves telling his story
0: yeah and i was gonna get to that later like there's a lot to him which i will go more into detail um but yes he there's a lot of interviews out there with him honestly, you can, you can publicly find a lot of interviews out there with him now. So oh, I yeah. mean, if you ever, if you ever get bored and de- decide that you want to, uh, search for Ed Kemper interviews, you totally can. Also his, his voice, voice is, is like, <laughs> his, voice is- saying, his voice is actually calming. It's, it's really very weird.
1: soothing. Yes. It's creepy as hell that that's <laughs> it's, it's, a thing.
0: It it very creepy. In fact, he, um, did voiceovers for books he did, yes. Which, um, for those that are going to search voiceover books by Ed Kemper on, like, Audible and stuff like that, you're not going to find it. Because anything that's released on, like, Audible, you know, they get profit for each thing. So he can't be profitable in, in prison for what he's done. So right. they, don't, they don't allow that.
1: It's, it's not on Audible, y'all.
0: Yeah, it's not out there. So, but you can totally hear it. You can YouTube it, and you can hear some of the stuff he did. Um, Flowers in the Attic, which yes, gave me a completely new perspective. Of, of that book. <laughs> yeah. Want to know that? But yeah. So back to what I was saying, though. He these are some of the things he had he had imagined. He lined her up, unaware in the sights of his rifle, and thought about what it would be like to kill her. That's not good. Um, so basically, as the tension at the farm started to grow, his grandma started to grow more nervous about it. So she took. Well, his... maybe
1: she shouldn't be like talking shit about him all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she took um her son or or son, her husband, forty five caliber pistol with her on at least one outing, um for fear that it would have fallen into Ed's hands. So it's she was it's to just hide so someone.
1: crazy to me that. Okay, they had to know that he was, like, super fucking smart. Like, they had to know that he was actually smarter than them.
0: Oh, and absolutely.
1: It's, it's crazy to me that they would, like, belittle him and talk so much shit to him, and he's so giant and so much smarter, and they would not think, oh, this is not a good idea. Like... That's what gets
0: me about all of it. Like, right, his entire family outcasted him, and treated him like he was shit, but he was smarter than every single one of them. Like, even
1: if so, he wasn't fucking giant, he could have, like, just with his brains, like,
0: Oh, yeah. And, and that's destroyed why- Destroyed them. That's why he got away with what he did for so long. Right. Um,
1: I just don't understand so, how they could be so fucking cocky and just so fucking mean <laughs> to think that he, he would- because people be stupid. <laughs> people be stupid, Joe.
0: <laughs> so, um, she, like I said, she would she would take his gun, or she would take her husband's guns with her, um, on outings because she thought Ed would get his hands on them. And she actually warned him not to touch it, but obviously did not trust him to do so. Like,
1: did she so, not know that he had his own twenty-two that Grandpa gave him?
0: She, that's the thing is, she did. He could have. Do you know that the twenty-two was? actually more dangerous than a 45 caliber okay okay, so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. um so edmund took the lack of this trust as an insult well, so yeah. <laughs> they're insulting him so his tension grew so on august 27th 1964 it's
1: just a volcano waiting to erupt
0: it is on august 27th 1964 ed sat with maud at the kitchen table okay. he was going Overproofs from a child uh, from a children's book she was writing. By the way, his grandmother was a writer. Oh, um, I did not know that. Oh yeah, she she wrote and published a few children's books.
1: That's really so, sad that you could be so freaking mean to your own grandchild, but like I write children's know. books. What the hell?
0: I know. So looking up, she noticed that Ed had like a really odd stare. Oh and shit! And a frightening look. <laughs> look out, did Yeah. A frightening look that she would seen many times before, it really unnerved her. She told him to stop. And then after a moment, Ed picked up she his said, gun.
1: She said, stop looking like that.
0: <laughs> Literally. Um, after a moment, Ed picked up his gun, whistled for his dog, saying he was headed out to shoot some gophers. Oh, so Maude had, Maude had warned him to not shoot the birds and returned her attention to her work. Well, Ed turned around upon exiting the house, watched her through the screen door, which is super creepy. Oh, creepy. Oh, my God. I'm picturing that, and I'm like, oh, no. Well, her back was to him, so he raised, yeah, he raised his rifle, took aim at her head, fired once, and then Maude slumped at the table, so. Oh, my God. (laughs) I
1: knew that happened, but still.
0: (laughs) He then, here's the thing. He killed her on the first shot. But then he fired twice more oh, her shit. The
1: because that he's got that anchor shit boiling yeah. over. So Fucking in, volcano.
0: Inside the house, he wrapped her head in a towel oh, no. and dragged the body into the bedroom. Um and this is what's this is what gets me. Within a few minutes, her husband Kimfer Sr. Yeah. I don't like returned, this part. Yeah, trigger warning. <laughs> um, Kenford Sr. had returned home from buying groceries. And as he began to unload the truck, um, Ed took aim and shot him in the back of the head. You know why he did but, that? I know why. But I'll tell you why. I was going to say, but this is, the, this is the sad thing about it. Um, he didn't want to kill his grandpa.
1: That's he like the only to. person that he actually loved that like actually loved him back.
0: He actually stated that the reason he killed his grandpa, he did it as an act of mercy to protect him from seeing his dead wife.
1: Which is super fucked up, but also, like, what the hell? Like, that's really sad, but also really fucked up.
0: It's so sad, but
1: it's... He's, he's I mean, like, I don't, feel, I don't... He was like, I, I don't want him to see that.
0: Remorse. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't feel remorse for Ed at all. Oh, but no. It's so sad for his grandpa because... He loved his grandpa so much, and he did not want him to die of a heart attack by seeing his dead wife. He would rather kill him so that he could spare him the fight. Like,
1: in none of this, I keep saying that I'm feeling sad for Ed, which I am feeling sad for young Ed, but no, I don't think that he should have murdered his grandmother, even though she was terrible, and yeah. obviously, I don't think he should have murdered his grandfather. The only thing that I like is that his grandpa, I don't like it, but like- I'm glad his grandpa had his back to him. So he didn't know what happened.
0: Yeah. And same with his grandma. I mean, even though his grandma was like relentlessly rude to him and, and also super touched. cautious and
1: thought that he was going to do something. Cause she like took the gun. She didn't
0: see it coming. Right. She didn't see it coming. So then he started to panic. Okay. I mean, he's young. He, he started right. panicking. Um, he was afraid he was going to get caught. Um, his grandparents. Did I make this up?
1: Did he call the cops on himself, or did I make that
0: up? I'm getting there, girl. I'm getting there. <laughs> okay. So, um, he was afraid that he was going to get caught. Um, his grandparents weren't ones that would take off on, like, a s- sudden extended vacation or anything like that, and he was like, oh, even if I hid their bodies, friends and family would miss them immediately and start looking for them, not to mention his grandma was a well-known, like, children's book writer. It's right. going to happen. Um... So because of this, he, he, uh, called his mother in Ma- Montana first. Mm.
1: That's right. Yeah. Told
0: her, yeah. Told her about it. Um, because he's young and didn't know what to do. She told him, you need to call the sheriff immediately or I'm going to. Right. Um, so he was, he called the sheriff. He was taken in for questioning. He ended up confessing to both the murders. He explained why he killed his grandmother, why he killed his grandfather. Which, granted, this kid loves to talk. Right, he, he loves he to talk. To himself at school, he kept to himself at school. But he's so smart, and knowing that these people are questioning and are intrigued at what's going on, he loves to talk. So, um, he was incarcerated in juvenile hall. Um, Do you know how old he was, he was at young. this time? He was fifteen. Okay. He was 15 years old. I was actually just about to say that. So the court appointed a psychiatrist. Um, They diagnosed him as paranoid and psychotic. And they committed him to uh, the Addis Addis Um, Cadero. Addis Cadero. I don't, I think I'm saying that right. Sure. Um, The state hospital. So he... He entered the facility on December 6th, 1964, and he was not yet 16 years old. Okay. So, clearly,
1: juvenile crime, even though it's double murder.
0: Yes. Yes. So... So, can't be tried as an adult. Can't be tried as an adult. Um, and, this, and this place, the state hospital, it was a secure facility, so it wasn't like a prison. It was literally for people that were psychotic and stuff like that. So, um, there were no guard towers. The purpose of somebody staying was treatment. It wasn't penance. It was like a
1: rehabilitation type thing. It was
0: trying to get him back. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. So he's trying to like get him
0: back. Right. So he can go back out into the world basically. Yeah. Yeah. So Ed took like an extensive battery of tests. And started gaining insight, if not into the nature of his own crimes, but also what others thought of the crime that he did. So it was, it's super intriguing because he didn't accept responsibility for his crime. Which is a little fucked up
1: because you, you know that you absolutely did this, like this crime would not have happened without you. This guy has, like, 146 IQ. Like, he's super genius. He's Jimmy Neutron up in here. Yes.
0: So, yeah, it was basically, he would say that his crime was, like, beyond his control. Um, But he did start working hard at learning, like, the language and treatment, and he learned how to appear recovered. So when I say that, when I say that, he worked in the psychology lab and helped administer tests for other people. So So he's 15. He's 15 years old and he's reading the language of all these other people that have done all these other crimes. Right. And he's learning how to hide it. So they're literally teaching him how to be a serial killer. (laughs) Basically, like his whole life, he's just been taught how to do this. Yeah, so he um he took pride in doing a good job with these these tests and the doctors said it was a very good sign um and they they said that he was improving because of his how he appeared to do while he was in there. Um sociopaths, which is what he was diagnosed as, were usually reluctant and uncooperative, but Ed seemed like super eager to do his best at everything so they they were starting to unrule him as a (laughs) sociopath. they're like he seems
1: fine it's cool like we know he's super smart he's got this giant iq yes, Um, yes he's murdered
0: two people it's it's probably fine well meanwhile he started getting to know others at which by the way i figured out how to pronounce it it's a Tuscadero.
1: Oh, good job. That's not even close to what you said.
0: I literally had to look it up because I was like, that doesn't sound right. (laughs) So he got to know others, um, at this state hospital, which included like serial rapists who they would share stories of their crimes with him when they were in these, um, interviews and, and testings. Right. So the tales of their exploits made like a huge impression on him that's terrible yes so we started like rapidly developing these teenage sexual awareness um issues you know
1: he is at the terrible age right he's at the prime age for like all these hormones and all the shit going on and he's like basically learning all about the birds and the bees from these serial rapists great that's great
0: yes so he um he started to link with, like, the domination aspect of it and the violence aspect of it. And so then this kind of thinking seemed not perverse, but it seemed normal for him, right? It because he's, he's living in this world where he's, he's a very young teenager and he's being molded to, to be, a, like, this stuff is what he should be around, it's so sad because for me, I, I personally think the freaking administrators there should have never put him in any type of interview, whether his IQ is higher or not. That's stupid.
1: Right. It's just that he, he was smarter than them. And yeah. he was he was also, when he talks, he's very charming and he knows like how to basically talk his way into f- these situations.
0: But here's the thing, like he took note of what like these rapists around him had done was wrong and they had been caught because they hadn't been smart they left witnesses and evidence right and they attacked women that they knew they they did they're attacking in public places um they weren't quiet about it so he filed all of this information like in the back of his mind he has and (laughs) also he hadn't even though he hadn't like formed any concrete plan on what he was going to do later exactly he, but also
1: he's filed all this
0: it. he's filed all this in
1: his mind and he also has all of this in his mind from like his mother and his grandmother telling him that he's he's never going to be with like a woman like he's never going to have a relationship because he is just like this oh, no, big freak
0: he's, too large. he's he's a freak he's, he's a big a, freak. He's a freak so he didn't share these like fantasies or anything with his doctors because he wanted them to portray him as a very well-behaved kid and one that worked hard. So he started claiming like religious conversions. Um, he would provide like biblical which, references, that which he was heard. not
1: religious. He was just no, smart he, enough to know he was not. That he religious. could say this. Not
0: religious, this. <laughs> right? He was not religious. He um, he just knew like what people were looking for. He basically was really good at reading people and he would tell them what they wanted to hear exactly so he was super clean cut he was conservative he was intelligent he was sheltered um he was all of these things to these these people that are running this hospital so they released him in 1969
1: (laughs) when he was how old
0: um he would have been let's see
1: well what year what year did he kill his grandparents
0: Nineteen sixty four. Okay. So so he was like nineteen. No. Yeah. Okay. He was still pretty. He wasn't. He was in there not very long. So, um. So yeah, he was really- <laughs> Freaking mad, I right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Uh, the changes that he had occurred in the outside world must have been like super shocking for him. So <laughs> he right. renewed, like he, um, renewed content or contact with the outside world. He started attending community college near, um, the state hospital. So okay. while he attended the school, he was still kind of under the supervision of the youth authority, but to them, he was just well behaved. So he was just like this well-behaved, um, college kid now. Yeah, and he was treated like a square, because all around him, hippies sported, like, long hair. Um, They floated (laughs) authority. Well, he had this, like, short hair. He had a neat mustache. He um, stated he wanted to be a law enforcement officer, like, all of this type of stuff. But in addition to the minimum height requirements for becoming a local law enforcement officer... Um, both the local and state police had maximum height limits. so he, I was like, what is the height limit? A cop. That's yeah, a thing? Which is crazy because that's not a thing now, right? Okay. But at that time, Ed was too tall to be a cop. Like, what, who decided that? Like, I what the hell? <laughs> so because he was, like, super disappointed, he bought a mo- motorcycle. So, oh, that's what so I do when freak. I'm
1: super disappointed
0: usually. Well, I mean, That's, that's how he was like, oh, well, the cops have these nifty motorcycles. I'm going to buy a motorcycle. Okay. At least he could, that was his way of feeling like a cop. Okay. So meanwhile,
1: I mean, I would feel like like, I'm in Sons of Anarchy, but okay. No.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, he had done really well with his studies and everything. And and after three months, he was paroled for another 18 months. So the doctors at the state hospital had recommended that he not be returned to his mother. That's a good, um, good, good thinking guys who had, by the way, been relocated to Santa Cruz, California, but against their advice, the youth authority sent him straight to her. Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah. So so literally the doctors were like, it's a bad idea y'all. He should not go to his mom. She's like fucking him up. Like, he should not be near her and they're yeah.
0: like eh. so i mean they, what do you know he, your
1: doctors i'm just going to send him to his mom
0: yeah because like when he was in when he was in um the hospital that's what he would talk about like he would right. let them know how they're upsetting like setting things were and
1: exactly they're like he's clearly got major mommy issues like do not send him back to his mom that shit fucks him up exactly. and they're like okay let's send him to his mom then
0: so like uh, Exactly. So she, um, his, his mother, Clarnell had, uh, sh- she held a really great responsible name. Position as, <laughs> I know she held a really re- responsible position as an administrative assistant at the university of California on the campus. She was super confident. She was w- very well liked. Um, the absence of her son had actually given her several years of relative peace as she stated. Oh, but what a bitch! Wh- I know. But when when he returned, there were verbal battles that were loud enough to be heard by the neighbors at her duplex. Um, wow. yeah, she. I'm
1: just like imagining these verbal battles, and he's like, "You're an idiot. I'm smarter than you." And she's like, was, "You're yes. you're a big dummy."
0: <laughs> so like, she would blame. She still blamed him. Um. He would later claim that she hounded him relentlessly over matters as trivial as whether he should get his teeth cleaned. Like there were little things. Okay. Yes. There were little things. So he sought refuge. He would seek refuge at uh, the jury room, which was a local bar that off-duty police officers and deputies used to go. That's actually a cool name for a bar like that. (laughs) I know. Right? Jury room. Because he was, like, super sa- fascinated by the law enforcement, you know? Right, like,
1: he wanted to be a cop, and that's where he would go hang out, with he all was, the cops.
0: He re- but he was respectful to them, too, and they actually referred to him as Big Ed. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. So, he was big and he was Ed. He would take, yeah, so later on down the road, he, he took various positions as a laborer, and then he finally secured one of the divisions of highways, which enabled him to move out of his mother's home and into an apartment, which he shared with a friend. Okay. And but that still, should that should be the,
1: that should be the end of the story, right? He moved out of his mom's house. It's not. Like that should be the end. He got a job. He moved out of his mom's house. Everything was great. At the end. No. <laughs> if only. If only. If only. Okay. Um,
0: Actually, what happened was when he moved out, his mother actually still continued to berate and belittle him. Of course she did. Um, he ended up wrecking his motorcycle twice. Oh, God. the the division of highways gave him time off to recuperate from his broken left arm after the second accident. Okay. And then he, he even <laughs> and they got, were like, they were like, maybe sell your motorcycle because it's not working out for you. <laughs> maybe stop writing- your motorcycle right this is clearly (laughs) Um, not working he ended up actually getting an out-of-state settlement so he bought a car that looked very much like an unmarked police vehicle of course it did yeah so because it looked this way he ended up equipping it with like a radio transmitter a microphone a large whip antenna um and then he started picking up hitchhikers so he took playing cops and robbers
1: to a whole new level. By the way, he did so, and also these, I know this was the time for hitchhikers, but like, don't hitchhike, y'all! <laughs> yeah, come on, guys, don't just, don't hitchhike because like, <laughs> I know back then that was like super normal and that's how you got around if you didn't have a car. But
0: people are motherfucking crazy. People be
1: crazy, y'all. Like they gonna kill you if you get and nowadays. Car.
0: <laughs> like it, it. This is this is what gets me. It's are you really going to say Uber? Are you going to
1: say Uber? Because, yes.
0: Well, no. Well, not just Uber. I mean, yes, Uber is a big thing. All these people are like, oh, let's just Uber. It's still super unsafe. Do you know how many um, people have been kidnapped from Uber? Right. And like, sex trafficked? Yes. Like, so I may be like... Living in a world where, you know, sex trafficking has always been a thing. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. Um, it's always been a thing... Kidnappings have always been a thing, but the reason that they've like blown up the way that they have it's is because it's because so much easier. Media.
1: Yes, it's so much easier to do it. Like, you literally just have to be like, Oh, let me just call an Uber, and anybody well, can be an Uber driver. The, I'm saying, anybody... not even
0: just that. right? Not even just that, you didn't hear about it back then because there wasn't social media. Oh, now yeah, you for have sure. These, these social media platforms that literally scare the crap out of everybody, like. It makes it really hard to go places, but then you have idiots that will call Ubers and not know who this random person is. And I'm sorry, here's how me and my husband work. If we're going somewhere and we want to get to say, say we're at a hotel and we want to go eat at this restaurant, we're going to make sure that we're staying at a hotel that's in walking distance or that we can drive to. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. A lot of people rely on Uber for
1: stuff, especially if they've been drinking, or whatever. Which is not all bad, but I'm just gonna say, like, some of this, like anybody can sign up to be an Uber driver. You like, it doesn't seem safe to me. Like, I, I wouldn't do it. I personally, yeah, we've also, it. also, I will we say
0: I have taken an Uber before with my husband, but we always, I mean, if we don't feel comfortable with the person pulling up, for one, two. We always have some sort of weapon on us. I know that sounds horrible, but I carry pepper spray literally everywhere oh, yeah, I, I do. Go. Too. I do too. Um and my husband always anytime that we go to like the city or we're out of town or anything like that, um, we always have a handgun on us, but we have the right to carry, we can. Um, and it's only it's always on safety if we would never pull it on anybody we're we are pro gun in my house i if I lose followers, I'm very sorry, but it is what it is um'm just we're gonna say pro, we're also pro choice though like if you are against being pro gun we're not gonna sit here and hound you to be pro-gun. oh no, like it's your choice
1: I'm literally like you do what you want to do. it doesn't affect me, but what I'm saying is um like no me and you both live in towns where Uber isn't as big a deal as it is in like huge cities like New York, Chicago, yeah. like stuff like that. Like a lot of people rely on stuff like that. I'm just saying, be careful about it. If you get into an Uber, be very,
0: use your best judgment. I'm use saying if you get
1: if you if you get into an Uber, like when you're getting in the back seat, like make sure the child locks aren't on because that's a big thing I've seen.
0: Like yes, I was gonna say, use all your best judgment. So if if the surroundings don't feel safe. If you're missing door handles, if you can't unlock the door, if they immediately tried to lock it, always like, carry around. There's a tool that's that's made to break windows. I carry yes. it with me everywhere I go too. Um, you can. It's literally a handheld tool. It fits on your keychain. If you ever get locked into a vehicle, I've always done something like that. There's also um, a really neat uh, alarm thing that's that's new. It's it's on your keychain. All you have to do is it's loud enough to bust somebody's eardrums. Yeah. Um, especially in a vehicle. And I also, mean, just, if you just if you don't know. have that stuff, if you don't have that
1: stuff, just like if you're getting into a car, make sure you're like on the phone with somebody. Be like, and have your location on your on your phone on. Be like, yeah. hey, I'm here, getting in this car here. Yeah. Like, if you get yeah. into a car, like I'm getting into this silver Nissan, like chances are they're not going to be like, oh shit. Like, they're not going to be like, oh, let's kidnap this person, you know? <laughs>
0: the silver Nissan with the license plate. Right.
1: <laughs> like, hey, I'm on my way. I'm like, at this street corner, I'm getting in this, like, yeah, cover your sure. bases. Anywho, let's get back to our... <laughs> that was a big freaking, like...
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm majorly... I'm, I'm a paranoid... I'm a mother, so I'm a very paranoid mother. So anytime I go anywhere, I watch my surroundings. I'm yeah. very aware of what's going on. Um, I'm like, I'm everybody,
1: that, everybody is going to kidnap my kids always.
0: So I'm like super alert. <laughs> that's exactly me. Um, I'm always super, like if I'm out with my husband and he decides, Hey, I want to beer." That's awesome. He can have one, but I won't drink. Like yeah. somebody has to be super aware. So like, that's how paranoid I get. I <laughs> mean, the world's scary it is As, especially it when is. you're
1: like so into like true crime and shit that you know all of
0: this stuff this then, is it's why, even, <laughs> then it's even scarier <laughs> this is why this is why we do what we do okay, so, okay. Uh, anywho, anywho he um started picking up hitchhikers right so that's where learned, that came from don't hitchhike okay don't hitchhike but the hitchhikers were like small pretty females um, he watched how they reacted to him, which was very nervous at first. You know, he was a large man. Right. So he learned how to make them, like, trust him. He was very he drunk. He delivered them very safe to their destinations. Um, he was super private. He indulged in his violent fantasies by doing this. He would imagine what he would do to his captive hitchhikers when he finally got all of the details taken care of and all the possibilities to be seen, you know, he mm-hmm. he started to outfit his car for like future plans. So the antenna came off. The passenger door was rigged to keep it from being open from the inside. Plastic bags, knives, guns, blankets went into the, the trunk. Oh. So Ed would pick up girl after girl treating each of these as like an experiment. He was waiting for his moment. It took him a while. Actually, it actually took him more than a year of picking up girls and letting them go before he finally did what he did. So, May 7th, 1972, Ed's moment finally came. Mary Ann Pesk, I want to say, and, okay. and and a, Anita Luches they were right. students at the Fresno State College they were hitchhiking to Stanford University after a couple days in Berkeley but they never reached their their final destination mm. the families of both filed missing persons report it was super hard to get the police to pursue such a case um because there were so many runaways uh, around that Bay area that they didn't know if they were really runaways or whether they really disappeared.
1: Right. That was another big thing. Like there was lots of
0: hitchhikers and there was lots of runaways. A lot of girls disappeared at that time. Yeah. A lot of girls disappeared at that time. Um, and then they would be, they would turn up sooner or later with a friend or a boyfriend or whatever, but even if the police had sprung into immediate action, it wouldn't have done any good because Ed had dispatched Marianne and Anita soon after picking them up. Disposed? Dis, dispatch. Oh, disposed. I don't know why I put I said dispatch. I was like, he's he not disposed. a cop. Good God. He, uh, he had disposed. Yeah, I was totally in the cop. <laughs> Anyways. They told him he couldn't do that. after. After driving them around for a little bit, he took his gun out from under the seat, pulled off into a deserted area. He put Anita in the trunk of his car and he turned his attention towards Mary Ann. He Mm. handcuffed her, laid her across the back seat face down, put a plastic bag over her head, and then he attempted to strangle her with the length of the, the cloth that he had back there. So, um... She bit a hole in the bag. Oh, the good. cloth snapped. The he what was, snapped? You know, the cloth that he was trying to strangle her with snapped. Okay. Uh, it wasn't strong enough to withhold that. Um, He was super frustrated, so he pulled his knife out and oh. stabbed her repeatedly. Oh, um, no. Okay. She, She fought. She screamed. She did everything she could, and eventually... It wore her down and she passed away. So this is terrible,
1: obviously for her, like so terrible. Can you imagine being the friend in the trunk
0: hearing all of this? Oh my God. And that's just, that's just the thing. Like after he killed Mary Ann. Like you hear your friend
1: like fighting like hell and then all, all of a sudden you just like hear nothing.
0: Yeah. Then he had to, well, after he killed Mary Ann, he couldn't leave a witness. So he killed Anita. Right. Um, and then he, here's the thing. He drove around with their bodies in the car for a while. He didn't know what to do. Eventually. Well, not that. Don't do that. uh, Oh, so here, I'm just going to start saying trigger warning just now from now all the way through, cause it starts getting worse. (laughs) The rest of the podcast trigger, warning. (laughs) the rest of the podcast trigger warning. So if you cannot handle it, just. Trigger warning. Why are you so, here? No, no, <laughs> because um, he didn't know what to do with Marianne's body. Um, he brought her body into the, his apartment, he undressed her. That's oh god, why would you? Th- I don't know what to do. Let me just undress you. What? Oh, it's I'm not done. Oh god, okay. He undressed her and then he dissected her. Oh, and then he beheaded Anita's body. Okay. And so then he put Marianne's body, he put her in a plastic bag. Um, in fact, he put it, her in the plastic bag that he tried to use to suffocate her. Okay. And he kept both of their heads for a while. Just kept their heads. Just kept their heads. And then eventually he disposed of them in a ravine. But Mary Ann's was found and identified in August. So he killed them in May. Oh, and Mary God. Ann's head was identified in August. But Anita's head nor her body was ever found. Oh, geez. But nobody suspected him because he was super polite. Like right. nobody suspected him. So he started prowling some more. He was so- just like this guy driving around just like, oh, you need a ride? Come on. That's exactly what he's doing. It's so sad, too, because, like, these these guys didn't, like, nobody, nobody suspected him. They He was Big Ed. Because he was so freaking smart that... He was stupid smart.
1: Stupid smart. And he's like, well, obviously nobody's gonna suspect me because this is how I am. Like, everybody's like, oh, no, he's just, like, this, like, charming, quiet guy that... Yes. Yeah.
0: So, on the evening of September 14th, 1972... He picked up Ko Koo. Oh. I know that's a really crazy name. She was a 15-year-old dancer and Belly. she was Korean. A I K O. A I K. And her last name is Ako? K-O-O. Aiko Koo. Okay. That might be right. Aiko Koo. So she's 15 years old. She was Korean. She was a dancer. She was actually on her way to a dance class. She had, she had been waiting for the bus, but she got tired of waiting because it wasn't coming quick enough. So she decided to hitchhike. No, But Ako had caught onto his plan. I know, I know. She caught onto his plan um, when she was in the car with him when Ed k- picked her up. And, and quickly panicked because she couldn't get out of the car. Mm. He convinced her that he was planning to use the gun to kill himself. And that is... Oh.
1: Yeah. So, like, he picked her up. She was like, what the fuck? I can't get out and there's a gun. And He's like, oh, no, it's cool. I'm just going to kill myself?
0: Yes. That's exactly what he did. Oh, my and, God. And that he, he told her that if she did not try to signal police or a passerby, um, she wouldn't be harmed. Like... She needed to try to do it. So he drove into the mountains, turned off the main road, parking out of sight. He taped her mouth and tried to suffocate her by putting his thumb and index finger in her nostrils. Oh, no. So she fought but ended up losing consciousness only to awaken just a few minutes later. So, Ed started to suffocate her again, but this time, he continued until she stopped breathing completely. Uh,
1: that's not, oh, okay.
0: hmm He removed her from the car, laid her on the ground, raped her, Mm-mm. and then with her own scarf, he strangled her. And when he was absolutely sure that she was dead, he put her body into the trunk and drove away from the scene. What the
1: hell? So, he See, stopped. This is where, like, okay, before I'm like, oh, I feel so bad for him. Like, all this stuff, like, mail to send this. It doesn't
0: matter. Like, you don't do that shit, and you're smart enough, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's not even it. That's, like, not even the, the craziest thing. Like, after he did that, he stopped at a local bar and had a couple beers. At
1: the, at the jury then, room?
0: Yeah. and Well, I don't think it was that one, but. Then he ended up going to his mother's house. Okay. So then from time to time he would open the trunk, gaze at his conquest. Oh, God. And then
1: conquest. Night-
0: yes. Yeah. Then late that night he brought her body into his apartment, placed it on his bed. He dissected her Mm-mm. just as he did Mary Ann. Um, and then he disposed of her head and hands and a different location than the rest of her body. So very little of her actually ever turned up
1: and her disappearance.
0: Yeah, I know. And her, but this is even sadder. Her disappearance was not even thought to be related to Marianne and Anita's. Right. So they didn't, they didn't even think it was the same person. That's
1: sad. but makes sense. Like it's, it's kind of like a different MO. Like
0: before it was like two girls that were together. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah, it is a different M.O. It was two girls that were together, um, one of which was never even found. Like, they, they just never found the other one. Like, they never found Anita. But two so girls sad. together. And also,
1: kind of uh, fucking annoying, because as much as he talks, you would think he'd fucking, like, tell somebody.
0: Her oh, body's no. here. hmm So, four months passed, and then other victims of other killers were found in the Bay Area. Of other and then the victim, public. Wait, what? Other victims of other killers. Okay. Like not, not, not men, him. They were, they were found in the Bay Area. Okay. And the there's just all the serial killers there. Got it. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> all of them. They're just everywhere. Just killing everybody in that area. Got it. They everywhere. They'd be everywhere. Look at that. Uh, then the public started getting concerned. Well, Ed was under no suspicion for any of the killings, you know. because right, it was just big Ed, just f- charming, friendly big Ed. Yeah, except this to me is like really fucked up too. So like on January eighth, nineteen seventy three, he bought a twenty two caliber pistol. Even though he was technically forbidden to even own a firearm because right. of his prior crime. Like you murdered two people. You can't just go he buy literally- a gun. He literally had no trouble purchasing this in spite of his record. Oh, good. That's right. That's reassuring. I know. He feared that eventually the police were going to catch on to the fact that he was carrying this illegal handgun for him. And, like, it was, for him, he started stepping up his cruising and killing activities. So... (laughs) Okay. It, was, it was just, it, because he was scared, he decided, it's time for me to cruise and go find some more girls.
1: He was like, I need to kill a lot more people before they catch me, basically. Yeah. Wow.
0: So, so then he ends up picking up Cindy, um, his, this next girl. He okay. drove into the hills near Watsonville. He forced her into the trunk. He shot her with his new gun. And the bullet lodged into her school. Oh, so God. Ed and Ed had just recently moved back into his mother's, his um, mother's house. Yeah. And that's, that's good for everyone involved. So get this. He brought the body to the duplex <laughs> and literally brought the body into his room there when his mother had left for work the next morning. So, he ended up having sex with Cindy's corpse. Oh, uh, okay. He di- He dissected her in the bathtub.
1: Like, this This is not freaking biology. We're not... Stop dissecting
0: people. What the hell? He was just intrigued. He was intrigued, so he kept doing it. He, mm-hmm. he would take... He took, like, really good care afterward to wash no. away all the traces of I, what he had done that's that's not no that doesn't make it okay because his, <laughs> his mother didn't suspect it like he literally cleaned up that good um he removed the bullet from her skull and buried the head in his mother's backyard later her, was it didn't she have a garden was like in her garden yeah so later he threw the body parts which he put into black plastic bags or whatever, he mm-hmm. threw them off of a clip. But this time, the body was discovered within 24 hours. Oh, hell. Yeah, so Ed took notice. He wasn't really worried about it. He had been super careful with all of his evidence. Right. And he, within was, like, a month, okay. he,
1: was, he was like, okay, so they got a body. Whatever. Like, it's not going to come yeah, back to me.
0: That's basically exactly how he was. He was like, it's fine. They haven't caught me yet. Oh, I took really good care. I knew exactly. I washed away any fingerprints. There was nothing there. So because he did this, like he didn't have a problem with it or whatever. After about a month, he started getting an itch again to do some more. Um,
1: ignore so, the itch.
0: I know. I know. So on the night of February 5th, 1973, Ed and his mother had a um, monumental, How do I want to put this? Like a falling out? They were. Yeah, they were. Yes. Ed had stormed out of the apartment. He was keyed up. He was ready to strike. He was ready to go. So I feel like
1: if I was his mom, first of all, I wouldn't be such a bitch. But no, if I was his mom, I'd be like, well, shit, he done killed his grandma and grandpa. He's a I giant know. fucking monster. Where's this going? <laughs> maybe I I shouldn't talk to him like he's a literal piece of shit. Or maybe I should question where he's going. Like, I mean, he's a grown ass man. I don't care where he's going. I'm just saying, like, don't
0: bait him. Like, what the hell? He, you know, what he's capable of. <laughs> yes. So he ends up storming out of the apartment. He's. Gets in his car, he drives off really fast. You know, he picked up this girl named Rosalind oh, first. No. R- Rosalind, he, Rosalind, um, is Rosalind, engaged with Rosalind, Rosalind. I don't, it's spelled the same. <laughs> I've never heard it pronounced
1: Rosalind before, that's why I was like, Rosalind,
0: Rosalind? okay, maybe, okay, maybe, maybe. He picked up, hey, for all you Rosalinds out there, is it Rosalind or is it Rosalind? <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, he picked her up, he engages with her in conversation. Oh, don't and that, then, girl. And, Right, right. <laughs> well then in a short while, he, he stops for a different hitchhiker, okay. um, Alice.
1: Which might make you think as a hitchhiker, that it's he's even less threatening so first of all he's just like this charming big teddy bear type thing yes and then he picks up another hitchhiker she's like okay it's cool I've got another person with me like I'm I'm all good
0: yes exactly so because of this like he was able to pick up this other hitchhiker because this other girl's already in there so she's like oh okay I'll I'll get in the car right um that makes sense so he picks up the girl This girl named Alice, and so he's got both the girls, and they're riding around for a while. And this time, Ed didn't stop the car to do his killing. Oh, he actually, yeah, he actually drew uh, Rosalind's attention to, um, I know, I know, to uh, a lovely view of the off to the pass on your side she looked up he slowed down drew his 22 shot her in the head oh shit and then alice is like what the fuck uh like it wasn't it was so quick like i don't think alice had the time to say what the fuck because he immediately points the gun at alice in the back seat and fire fired several times so
1: he's driving along and he's like oh look at that deer and they're like what and then bam bam but
0: here's the thing that's sad so unlike i mean it's all sad (laughs) oh i know unlike rosalind alice didn't die immediately oh no okay so he he shot her again point blank once he got out of town which finished her off so how long was it between the shoot the two shots (laughs) (laughs) exactly i don't know so then he pulls he pulls into this cul-de-sac okay and he quickly takes the bodies and puts them into the trunk.
1: How many cul-de-sacs did we live in as kids, by the way?
0: Like four or five? A good, that's a good question. It had to have been at least five. Like we moved we a lot. Move, we moved a lot, but we didn't move like states or anything. It was all in the same state, but we just it was moved like, a lot.
1: It was like mainly in the same neighborhood, but we like moved a lot and it was always in a freaking cove.
0: And it was, yeah, and it was always that way because... I don't even remember all the reasons that we moved there, One knows time, we I were kids. kids. We didn't know. We did move. We did move States because we lived in Tennessee at one time. Yeah, um,
1: You were a baby. You don't remember that.
0: I was a baby. I was, yeah. I was a baby, baby. I we remember
1: that we lived in an alley behind a bar. It was bad.
0: Yeah. So of course my mom, like, <laughs> like our mom and dad,
1: we I remember drunks showing up in our front yard.
0: I, yeah, I don't.
1: actually remember one time a drunk came into our house and the cops chased them through the house.
0: Yeah, I don't know any of that. I was too yeah. little. Yeah, you were too little. I remember that stuff. So yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Fun times. <laughs> fun times. times. we say all this, but our parents were very loving parents. Oh, hell yeah.
1: Yeah. No, they were awesome. They-
0: they actually, the, the minute we had any situation like that, they moved us into a different right. house.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's
0: why, sure. that's why we moved. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> We just moved to the wrong neighborhoods, like, all the
0: time. <laughs> but we didn't know they were bad neighborhoods until. Right, after. until something happened, so. and then we moved again. It was fine. It was fun. It was fine. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he ends up, Ed ends up stopping for gas. He then goes to his mother's duplex. He quickly leaves again claiming that he needed cigarettes um so once he was outside the apartment he pulled the car to the street opened the trunk beheaded the bodies oh god i wasn't ready for that (laughs) oh yeah sorry i said trigger i know you did (laughs) um so the next morning he ends up bringing alice's body inside has sex with it in his room. He's really oh, into necrophilia. That's what I need the trigger warning for. <laughs> He's like majorly into necrophilia. So that's not okay. He also brings Rosalind's, Rosalind, 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 <laughs> Rosalind, Rosalind, Rosalind's head um, so that he could remove the bullet that had been lodged in it. As he had done before with, yeah, as he had done before with the other body. Cindy, um, and then he drove away to dispose of most of the body parts and get rid of the heads and the hands,
1: because that's um, where all which, the identifying parts were. Like
0: I was about dental, to say, like this is why he got rid of it. For everyone that's been asking or wondering why he would cut the head and the hands off, it's because your he- your hands have fingerprints, exactly. Your head, DNA, all this stuff. Like Den- it's, dental it's the easiest way to identify bodies back then. Now you right. can literally use basically any part of the body um (laughs) to identify dna but those are the easiest ones then you know um so anyways his mother like never showed any suspicion of ed um, which makes no sense (laughs) which yeah exactly like Like you know he murdered his grandparents that's exactly my thing like i would he would be my first suspect my first Suspect. He'd be like, hey, can I go back home? And I'd be like, he, no. <laughs> he did kill his grandparents a lot differently than all of these girls, but it would like, literally the gr- draw grand- my attention. Right. Grandma was out of, of anger. Happen- yeah, my thing is it would absolutely draw my attention that none of this was happening until he was released.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, this has nothing to probably- do with his grandparents killing. Like, grandma was out of anger. Grandpa was out of, so like, I don't is- want her to say that.
0: So this is where um, it gets super crazy. Um, oh, this is where. Yes, uh, I mean this. This is this is a thing. <laughs> she she the thing. his mother okay. probably didn't even suspect that she was going to become his victim too. Which is so dumb to me. <laughs> like so, I, I, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but like, come on, girl. I know. Like, come on. On Easter. On Easter weekend, roughly a month after the killings of Alice and Rosalind, okay. he decided that it was finally time to get rid of his mother. I've actually heard him talking about this, and oh my god. This, it's, it's so creepy listening to his interview about this, because he did go into depth about this. Um, right. Cause because he, because he, didn't, he hadn't, like, all, full-on planned... He literally st- the whole reason for his killings he re- literally brings them all back to his childhood to his mother like his mother is the reason that he's the the way that he is and this is why it's time for him to get rid of her According so to he him. waited all night in his room while his mother slept peacefully he considered about what he was going to do, he, he didn't know. So, at 5.15, he got a hammer from the kitchen and went to her bedroom. He struck her once very hard, and so, then he slashed her throat. Yes. Now, so. I will say mm-hmm. that, before, that before this happened, he had gone into her room that night before she went to bed, and she even stated well, I suppose that you want to stay up and talk for a while. That's what I was going to say. Yes. So I know that he like went back and
1: forth. on like, oh, am I going to do it? Like she's been pissing me off forever. I, I want to do it, but also it's my mom. And then he went in the room and she was like, well, I suppose you want to sit up and talk now. And he was like, no, nah, bitch. Yeah. Like, that's it.
0: Well, no, he actually stated, it was so weird because if you ever listen to the, the interview, which I definitely, for all you true crime junkies out there like us, um, I urge you to listen to these because they are super fascinating. Um, when he stated that she said that he actually felt remorse for her, it was the, he said for him before he killed her, it was the best day that they had had in a long time. Right. So it put him at, like, dismay on to whether he wanted to do it or not. That's why he went back and forth. Right. So He went back and he forth. he finally decided, yeah, he finally decided that he, it was time. So he hit her with a hammer. He slashed her throat. And then within a minute, he had killed and beheaded her. He removed her larynx in the process. Oh, God. I, I forgot he, about this for actually, a second. Yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be a lot. So trigger warning majorly. He tried to put it down the garbage disposal, but the machine spat it back out. It spit it back
1: out, and he's, he was like, well, that makes sense, because she was always talking shit to me.
0: That's exactly how he referenced it. He right. said, well, it's, I, I, he put it down the garbage disposal because he wanted her to shut up. And she still didn't. <laughs> she still didn't. It was her way of saying, fuck you, Ed. Fuck you. So, Ed... <laughs> He found it, like, darkly appropriate and not at all surprising. So dark. It is. This is exactly the words that he stated. It was darkly appropriate and not at all surprising. But he hid her body in a closet, cleaned up a bit, then left the house. That afternoon, he had pondered what he was going to do. And he decided that if someone else were to find his dead mother, then suspicion might actually start pointing to him. So, he returned to the duplex. Yeah. He returned to the duplex. He called Sarah Hallett. He was a friend of his mother's to invite her to dinner. Oh, no. Sarah, no. I know. He wasn't able to reach her immediately. And he started freaking out. (laughs) As one does, I guess. I don't know. Like, what? Yeah. uh, And uh, at around five, he made an invitation saying, like, the dinner was a surprise for his mother. So Sarah ends up coming over and he strangles her first. He like manually strangles her. And then finally it wasn't doing the trick. So he, um, like grabbed the scarf that he had from Aiko. Okay. Is that how you say her name? Aiko? Isn't that what we said? I think so. Aiko. Um, he had found the scarf that he had from her. And he just and had that laying around. The job. Yeah. So he then removed Sarah's clothes, put her on the bed. And she was woman. Sex.
1: She was literally just like friends with this was just like literally her
0: But he wanted to kill her because Sarah didn't like him either. And he was afraid that Sarah was gonna come over and find his mom.
1: Right. She was gonna find the mom and be like, Oh, well clearly I did it.
0: Yeah, so he had to get rid of her, right? So he attempted to have sex with her. Oh God. Um, but then on Easter Sunday morning, he left town, driving east in Sarah's car. Um, he feared that, like, he was going to be discovered. So he rented another car and dropped off Sarah's car at a gas station, telling the attendant he needed it repaired, um, which is super weird to me. Like, what attendant would be like, oh, yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> right. But apparently they were like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So he drove, he drove for like 18 hours. He stopped only for gas and sodas. Um, and then he was stopped in Colorado for speeding, but he stayed always, quiet. Always speeding. They always hit stopped for speeding. But he was quiet. His, his appearance, like it wasn't a big thing. He paid his fine. He moved on. They let him go. But then finally, he was super exhausted, and he stopped in Pueblo, Colorado. He placed a call to the Santa Cruz Police Department, where he already knew several of the officers, and he started confessing his crimes. Right. So he actually called and confessed his own crime. But here's the thing, like, the police station didn't suspect him, and they were like, oh, you're such a joker, Ed. Right. So they, knew, they knew him from the jury room, the bar where they hung,
1: hung out all the time.
0: Yeah. They were like, I don't know what, you're, you're hilarious, dude. There's no way. Well, then he started like going into detail. He's like, I killed this person. This is where you can find their body. I killed this person. This is where you can find their body. And then they were like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and they're like, shit, big head did it. So he told them where he was, he actually had to help them find him. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then, I know, isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. And then, like, he was super disoriented because of everything he had done. Like, he was super, he was still in shock for killing his mother. He did it. He killed I was like, his mother. What, was he disoriented or was he playing? Because he's super smart. Um, I honestly think he was in shock that he finally did it. So, I
1: feel like. There's a part I, I remember from his mother that you didn't say, which is terrible.
0: He buries her head in the garden. Oh,
1: and before that.
0: Which part? So I feel like
1: I've heard a lot of times when I've heard oh, this. Oh, I know.
0: Okay, okay. I guess I could say this. Which is a I'm huge trigger warning, but, like,
1: this just, he, like, shows he how terrible it is.
0: He decapitated her. I did I did miss that part. I think I actually scrolled past it on accident.
1: So So let me just I say go back before, back before let me just he, I'm not gonna say what it is, but I'm just gonna say before. You know, at the beginning we we're talking about, oh he's it's so sad, like he's mistreated, like this like they made him like this. All of this what what happens, like gets rid of all of that. Like, no. Like he knows better. He's super genius. He knows not to kill oh, people. Oh man. This is fucked this is, up yeah, beyond this is belief.
0: Something- he he decapitated his mother, which I had already told you. Right. But he then, as he states, humiliated her. Right. By fucking her head. Basically, yes. Over and over again.
1: Like, what the hell? Like, you can't feel bad
0: for that. Like, especially. Ugh. So, yeah, I did, I did scroll past that. I apologize. Thanks for catching that. I'm um, just saying that, like, is a huge thing of, like why it's like I, I kept talking about like, oh and, no, and like this is what gets me about it his words I humiliated her like right. she humiliated me like that's that's exactly like, what he wanted to do right. it had nothing to do about wanting to have sex with his mom it had to do with he wanted her to he, Which is he wanted so her name to mean, yeah he wanted her name to mean nothing it's so fucked was up. nobody to him it's a very fucked up thing. You're right. Like, so, she was terrible, but nobody deserves that. Like, that and I is guess, fucked uh, up. And I guess that's why I think that he was technically in shock because he finally killed his mother. Um, so he was taken into custody. A party of investigators had gone to the, you know, the Santa Cruz police station. They questioned Ed about all of his crimes and they stated that he actually claimed responsibility for these as opposed to what he did in the state hospital. Right. In fact, as their tape recorder rolled, Ed talked. Just kept talking. He, he gave talked a lot. So incredibly explicit and detailed confessions yes. to all of his murders. Like, he was, he was a talker. He and never tried to deny
1: it. He was always like, yes, I did this, 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 this. Like...
0: But End it was story. the way he talked about it. It was so matter-of-factly. Really, it was just, that's what intrigued me so much about it. He was calm. He was cool. He was collected. He was like, this is what I did. This is where you'll find this. This is what happened. Right. And this is, this why is I what I did. It. This is why I did it. Yes, exactly. How, how was your day? Was it great? Like It was really odd and very Very disturbing. Yes. Very disturbing. So, upon his return to the police station, um, like Ed had led the investigators to various disposal sites, um, he gave all of his endless confessions. He, when he finally had finished, he had been so thorough that he left his point, point his court-appointed <laughs> <I was> like- <laughs> public, like he left his court appointed public defender James Jackson, like literally It's a strong name, James Jackson. James Jackson. <laughs> he left him like no avenue at all for defense. Dang. Except that he was insane. Like that was the only way that he could <laughs> he cook. was like,
1: this man cray. <laughs> and Akip yeah. was like Kim was like, no, I'm not Cray. I'm actually more sane than you. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? it was
0: it was it was so crazy like series of witnesses were brought in to try to um state that ed was not responsible for any of these crimes but the prosecutor yeah i know he he literally admits it but they're still trying to like get it to where he's not tried right so the prosecutor was undetermined the the testimony of each one of those um Prosecution witness Dr. Joel Fort did the most damage to his insanity defense. He had spent quite a bit of time reviewing his case. He went over all the way back to like all of the diagnoses after the killing of his grandparents, mm-hmm. and even during the yeah, and even during the time in the state hospital, um, he had interviewed Ed uh, previously all of these previously unknown information about his sexual practices with the bodies and even cannibalism, like all of it. And then Ed was not a paranoid schizophrenic. He had said he was obsessed with sex and violence. He craved attention, which is exactly what he did. He craved attention. Because he he never got attention ever as even like a small child. He craved attention so bad that he went as far as to Tried to slash his own wrist with a ballpoint pen during trial. Oh, God. Um, but he wasn't in – but just to see if he could get the insanity plea. And he right. wasn't. Right. He, like he, he wasn't was too, insane. He was too smart. He wasn't actually trying to kill himself. No. He knew what to do. So, basically, Fort said if he were ever released, he would kill again. Absolutely. And he would kill the same sort of victim. And during the three weeks of the trial – no witness, not even Ed's sister or the doctors from the state hospital were able to convince the jury that Ed was insane. They deliberated, they deliberated for only five hours. They found him guilty. Of, yeah, I can't say that word. Don't deliberated? That word. Deliberated. Um, <laughs> deliver, deliberated. You got it. Shut. Just, just, just shut your face. <laughs> you, you got it. I'm saying you got it. Deliberated. They did it for only five hours. <laughs> they found him guilty of first-degree murder on all eight counts. Yeah. Um, and then after a short observation at uh, Vacaville Medical Facility, he was sentenced to the maximum security prison at Folsom for the rest of his life. Okay. So he remains behind bars. He's since been put away, since he's been put away in 1973, countless other serial killers have, um, captured like other people's attention too. you know, he's not the only one, which brings me to this book. Again, I'm going to say this. If you have not read Mindhunter, go read Mindhunter. It is an amazing <laughs> book. If you haven't watched the series, watch the series. It's on Netflix. There's so much more in the book, though. I mean, I'm just telling you, it's it's an amazing book. Um Can I just say also like, watch um Very
1: Scary People. They have a two part series on Ed Kemper. Super fascinating. Oh yeah, that's right. They do, yeah. Like but I watched I watched I it a while ago. A couple weeks ago, actually.
0: It was super interesting. I actually have, I actually have two other interesting things about him. Um, he was actually once quoted in an interview. This is what he stated: uh, "What do you think now when you see a pretty girl walking down the street?" And this, was I mean, his he answer. doesn't see
1: he doesn't see pretty girls walking down the street because he's in jail,
0: not anymore. But this is how he, this is this is why I say he likes to talk. He says, okay. he says to the interviewer, "What do you think now when you see a pretty girl walking down the street?" He pauses. And then he says, one side of me says, wow, what an attractive chick. chick. I'd like to talk to her, date her. The other side of me says, I wonder how her head would look on a stick. Oh
1: no, <laughs> that's not okay. Oh, that is not okay. That's what, you know, that's what every girl dreams. You know,
0: I need to find me a guy who wants to know what my head looks like on a stick. You know, it's crazy too, because like, you know American Psycho. Um, yeah. the main character Patrick Bateman, he was a serial killer. You know, um, you the book is great. the The movie was good too. Uh, he actually paraphrases this quote when he was asked about women, oh. and a lot of people, a lot of people mistakenly like attribute it to Ed Gein oh, because yeah. he is attributed to Ed Gein in that movie. When that movie was released, a lot of people stated, you know. Ed Gein was one of the reasons that this or one of the people that um, they based this movie off of and stuff and he is but so is Ed Kemper. People don't know that but he is. <laughs> I was going to
1: say Ed Gein's got enough movies. He's got Psycho. He's got Texas Chainsaw Lasker. He's got Silence yeah. of the Lambs. Like.
0: All, but, but that's another thing. This is my other thing about Silence of the Lambs. I knew this. I don't know if you knew this. But um, Thomas Harer Thomas Harer Thomas Harris uh, no it's not the same (laughs) um, he's the author of silence of the lambs he based the character of buffalo bill in his book um to partly be upon kemper so in the book buffalo bill was a serial killer who like kemper had begun his career by impulsively killing his grandparents as a teenager i did not know that
1: i knew that he like i knew that he like um basically Kind of off of Ed Gein, but I did not know about the Ed Kemper aspect of it.
0: So I also um, didn't even state this. So he was called the co-ed killer because a lot of. Huh?
1: I said, I knew that. I did know that
0: a lot of, you know. Well, I was going (laughs) to say why he was called the co-ed killer. So he's called the co-ed killer because he had, he went to, as, as you heard me state in this podcast that he was going to college you know and his mom worked at a college campus so he had um like a college sticker you know those student. He had stickers. her like
1: her like parking pass basically
0: he had her parking pass and he had those student stickers on his car so when he was a, all these hitchhikers saw his car they weren't as hesitant to get into his vehicle because he was a college exactly student.
1: they thought he was like so, a, another college student
0: exactly so they called him the co-ed killer because he was that's literally the reasoning as to why they called him that right so yeah, um, oh, yeah. I know it's, it's, a, it's been a really long podcast this time but there was so That's much okay we like, definitely wanted to cram it into one session um, so brace yourselves for this long podcast but that is the story of Ed Kemper I've been super stoked to do it over him I'm glad I did yes so, yeah <laughs> yeah I mean it's a good case it, it's case. a it's
1: a very good case. So super interesting. Yeah. So yeah, so, we did um, it.
0: <laughs> we did it with my kids screaming downstairs. Um <laughs> so for all of you like, guys
1: I just like to point out that my kids are super quiet. No, <laughs>
0: I'm just kidding. I know. Well, I'm sorry. Also they're super <laughs> older know. than your youngest one, so they're older than my youngest one, but they're not all I mean they're our kids are all the same age, basically. Um, her oldest is a year older than mine, and not yeah. even a year; he's only six months older. Right,
1: he's six months older than your oldest, and then my youngest is like
0: six months older than, than no, your no, second kid. She's not even six months older. She's right,
1: just a few months older.
0: Five, well, five. She's five months older.
1: But then you've got she's five older. then you got the but baby.
0: Then I've, got, I've got a baby. She's not and a baby. She's a toddler. I, I ain't got no baby. <laughs> yeah. I I had another one. <laughs> but um, we didn't plan that, y'all. Anywho, <laughs> anywho, anywho, if you want to listen to more of our amazing podcasts, um, you can follow us on Instagram at holic Sisters underscore podcast. Uh, just... Check out all the deets and our Facebook page. We do have a Facebook page, Serial Holic Sisters, True Crime shit. True Crime shit. And um, we're constantly taking requests. We have some um, already piled up. We love the emails that keep flowing through. We, we do. I'm
1: it. I'm actually doing mine next week. On, so we got a request on one that I was already planning on doing. And I'm
0: super stoked for this. I I will say I know this one because well, we both got sh- to see it. Yes, so she knows the request. I don't think you know the case though, do you? No, I don't know the case, but I know what the request is. Right. So she I know knows the request, but, over, she, she but she doesn't I'm know the case.
1: Yes, so I'm excited to tell this because this is a really really good case. I'm I'm very excited. I was planning on doing it already and then we got a request and I was like, "Yes, I'm doing it." So she knows who it is, but she does not know the story at all. I know, I started to look it up because um, I told you not to look it up.
0: No, I know. I'm saying I started to look it up when we got our email request on it. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, let me see if I want to do that. And Crystal's like, no. I'm I was already like, doing that. I was one. like, no, I'm doing
1: it. <laughs> Called it. And she's like, oh, shit. Okay. And I was like, do not look it up. So you better not have
0: looked it up because I have not looked it up. It's going to be a good one for you
1: to react it. to if you don't know it.
0: I, I have not looked it up. I'm excited to react to it. Don't worry. Don't worry but anywho okay that is that is the case of edmund kemper so yeah follow us follow us all that fun stuff we want to keep doing these so subscribe get all your friends to subscribe do it okay okay let's end it (laughs) we still don't know how to end it we're like so awkward <laughs> we'll always do this way. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Okay, bye. Bye.